Hey Panthers, welcome to the official leadership podcast. This is Behind the Mask. Hey, this is Sophia, the director, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Margo, the chief editor, and I also use she, her pronouns. I'm Kai Chen, the assistant editor, and I use he, him pronouns. And I'm Irene, the media manager, and I use she, her pronouns. Today, we are really excited to be sharing our episode about AAPI hate. Today's quote is, pain is like a crying baby. What it wants, it cannot name, by Philip Roth. Additionally, I'd like to wish listeners a somewhat late, happy AAPI Heritage Month. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the model minority myth, prejudice within our community, hate crimes within the community, and these topics relation to mental health. To clear things up, we will be using the term AAPI, which is an umbrella term and abbreviation for Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. As always, please bear in mind that it is our sole intention to bring awareness about this issue, and we apologize for any distress or negative emotions that may arise from this episode. Furthermore, this episode will mention racially motivated hate crimes, so please refrain from listening or step away and talk to a trusted adult if you feel uncomfortable at any time. And with that in mind, we'd like to continue with our episode, so let's get into it. So I'll be starting with um, just a general definition of model minority and why it is a myth. So to start, um, a model minority is a minority demographic, um, and it could be based on ethnicity, race, or religion, whose members are perceived to achieve a higher degree of socioeconomic success than the population average. Um, so it, I think I struggled um, a bit at first to, since, you know, I, I do identify as Asian. Um, I struggled a bit at first um, to actually understand why this was a myth. Um, and here is what I've learned. So its general definition is that a certain group of people, which as we're referring to now is the API group, um, achieves more um, financial success um, and workplace success than the average, since we're talking about American population. Um, but as a collective whole, if you are referring to them as every single person in the AAPI group does achieve more success than the average white person, that's actually, that's where the line is drawn, right? Because if you're just, if you assume that every single person who comes over to the United States, who's already here, is much more successful and makes more money than a white person, then you can't just categorize an entire group into that specific category because that doesn't apply to everyone. Everyone has a different background. Everybody, everybody um, works differently. Everyone's had a different education. So that's kind of my understanding of why this is a myth and why this isn't um, this isn't true. Yeah, one of the issues with the model minority myth is because it is 
such a sweeping thing. And yes, there is success within AAPI communities and it is entirely justified to celebrate that and to acknowledge that, but it you can't make it seem as if it's an entire community that is just above others in like a financial sense because that is a sweeping generalization and it doesn't apply to everyone and it does harm people because those stereotypes seep into many different aspects of life and people will be less likely to help those struggling in the AAPI community because they believe that that is a personal fault rather than a pervasive societal issue, which it is. And it, it just, that's where the issue arises, I believe, in many ways. And to add on to what both of you have been saying about stereotypes, I found that when addressing a problem so big like this one and so hateful and targeted like this one, it is important to um, address where the stereotypes are rooted from. Where, how do we get these ideas? Where do we get these ideas? And I found that usually it is from media, no matter how direct it is. I, I do think that these stereotypes come from media because we don't we are not born with these ideas and it comes to us when we're children when we absorb everything around us and when finding ways to solve these acts of hatred and these horrible problems in our lives that affect our community and ourselves directly and those around us we have to find ways together to diminish the roots of these problems you you know to cut down a tree you start at the bottom you don't start at the top and so it is just so important i i i believe that it's so important to find where these stereotypes come from and to reflect inwards and find what has stuck with us and um it it happens to all of us to find um, maybe racist or offensive uh, sayings or doings and find it normalized. And in order to reflect inwards and, and, and catch yourself doing something offensive or saying something offensive, offensive accidentally, because it does, it does happen to everyone, I do think that noticing when we do those things and noticing why we might do it or, you know, what might come up and like what emotions, having that inner connection with yourself during those horrible things or if, um, or those maybe normalized things, but wrongful things, when you find yourself doing it or, or when you find someone else doing it, having that inner connection is just so important and finding the root of where where your beliefs come from and yeah i think that just it that idea uh ties into all the topics we've talked about yeah like i agree like just like margo said like we don't know all the things when we are born so these things are 
all come from like Margot said, media or everything we watch every day we talk. But we really need to demolish the root of the problem. So so that we will make 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 it better. Yeah, because it's a very serious thing. Yeah, and I want to note that obviously none of these actions that are born out of those personal beliefs are ever justified, nor are those personal beliefs. Um, And as such, we do have the obligation to dismantle them ourselves and really be in check with ourselves, as I think Margot was trying to um, say. And another aspect of it is not just being in touch with ourselves, but also not passing it on to others. And if you have younger siblings consuming, say, TV or other media, I would encourage you to analyze that for yourself and see what individuals are becoming the brunt of the joke because of these stereotypes and things that we have been talking about, because I think we need to start to dismantle them early and not encourage those ideas at, say, the age of, like, seven, because little kids should not be absorbing material in which they um, and people of their race or people of other races are in any way disparaged or made fun of or hurt because of who they are. Yeah, and that goes for any sort of identity, like gender or sex or anything, you know, anything that you might identify yourself with. To go deeper towards AAPI hate and in the Bay Area and how it actually like directly correlates to our world that we all live in. In recent months, I'm sure many of you have heard that there has been violence against Asian individuals in cities in within the Bay Area and around the Bay Area. And I think when listening to these incidents, and I think Kaching's going to go Um, in further detail. But I think when listening to what's happened and what is happening and what has always happened, it can obviously upset some people, right? I think that you can't help but feel a little angry and hurt that that's happening so close to us. And uh, just to put a little more context to those who don't know, uh, since the pandemic has started, Asian and Pacific Islanders, AAPI individuals, have experienced a growing number of hate incidents involving racism, basically, Uh, whether it be verbal discrimination or actual physical violence. Incidents are occurring frequently and um, occurring more frequently than uh, past years due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And it has been happening to um, many large varieties of people and even faculty on school campuses have faced their share of discrimination during this time. And in San Francisco, reports show verbal harassment and avoidance of members of the Asian community as 
two of the largest categories of incidents received, and especially towards Asian elders in the city. And I think now people with those, with the opinions that they have, and I think us on the podcast, we have similar opinions to these people where we want to help and we want to wish the best for these people who are getting targeted. And so now, um, luckily members in communities have been acting and finding their own ways to provide help and assistance to the people in their community who are feeling targeted and who are targeted. And yeah, there's been uh, buddy systeming and um, local nonprofits have uh, taken their steps as one even provided um, safety kits for families. And I think just all of these acts have been showing that, you know, there is within all the craziness of this world and so much that the U.S. and that uh, the people in in this nation have confronted, we are all together still. There have been acts of hate, and that is very relevant. And you know that obvi- that's very obvious. But I think from these acts of hate, we learn to move past them and improve them and bring justice to them and awareness. And I think that's just so important. This year and these acts have created a hole in our community. I do believe that. And but and it has also brought awareness and a reassurance to the communities and that it has shown that no matter who you are, like your your neighbors and your community is there for you. And I think that is really important to recognize that even through this these horrible acts, there has been light to it. And, and these community members have shown um, that they that they can step up and that they will not stand for this level of discrimination. And I think that us as individuals, as youth who don't have as much power in the world, uh, that we are still, we, we are still able to make a difference no matter, no matter how little it is, you know, making a buddy system, making, um, uh, making safety kits. Through these hardships, I'm, I'm impressed with what our, our community in the Bay Area and what, what it has done towards these actions. And I think that we can all learn from those leaders and the the people around us, the commoners around us who can show us the way in, in creating more diverse and empathetic communities and ideologies and new ways and more constructive and kind ways that we can implement on the next generation and the youth uh, that are even younger than us. So, yeah, I I just wanted to share that. Yeah, I want to applaud each and every member of the AAPI community um, because of their strength through this time, because I understand that losing an elder, especially in certain AAPI communities, is a tragedy that 
is almost unparalleled. So I want to thank you all for remaining strong and for remaining a integral part of our community and our JLS community and our PAUSD community. And really just thank you for your strength in this time and understand that we will try our best to be allies to you and that we hope you will be able to continue to stay strong and to face this with as much um, strength as you can. Yeah, very well said, Sophia. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the hate crimes within our community, which is California. And I'm going to talk about hate crime in California and also if you make hate crime, how to solve it. Uh, I mean, resources to help you. Okay, so hate crimes. So crimes motivated by hate are not just attacks on individual innocent people, so they are attacks on our communities and the entire state. So it is a job for Anthony General Xavier Bethra. So that's a Anthony General. So that's the Anthony General of California. So he needs to see the laws of states that are uniformly and adequately enforced. The California Department of Justice deploys tools and resources to aid and assist local, state, and federal law enforcement authorities in investigation of possible hate crimes, including the identification, arrest, persecution, and conviction of the perpetrators of those crimes. If you wish to report a crime, please file a report with the local police or sheriff's department. Next, I'm going to quickly introduce about uh, the Anthony General Bethra's hate crime rapid response team. So to ensure that the perpetrators of hate crimes are quickly identified and apprehended, Anthony General Xavier Becquera has updated, updated their protocol for Anthony General's hate crime rapid response team. The team is composed of skilled law enforcement, special agents, and lawyers who are experts on handling civil rights issues. The Anthony General's hate crime rapid response team acts as a supplemental resources to local, state, and federal enforcement agencies Invest, investigation and prosecution of hate crimes. They ensure local ag agencies have access to the full resources of the Department of Justice at their disposal. Attorney General Bessera believes that through a strong cooperative and team effort, state, local, and federal law enforcement agencies will be the best position to quickly and decisively respond respond to the commission of a hate crime in California. Thank you, Kai Chang. I, I assume that's just statewide responses to what's happening. And I, I'm glad that our state is taking action, um, just as I am glad our communities are taking action to combat hate against AAPI communities. So thank you for sharing with us and enlightening us on that specific response to AAPI. AAPI hate. Yeah, any sort of 
education or information that can be shared is always so useful because the more awareness and the more resources we have, the more knowledge and intelligence we can fight and combat this conflict with. So thank you so much for sharing that. I'd like to try to tie this all back into mental health, which is the main focus of our podcast, as you all probably know. So I'd like to preface by reminding listeners that I am white and thus will never grasp what the AAPI community is facing in the present moment. And as Kaishi, uh, oh my God, I can't speak today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, as Kai Chang and Irene have mentioned, the AAPI community has more recently faced extreme hate crimes and historically borne the weight of the model minority myth and other stereotypes throughout time. And a hate crime, from my understanding, is the final culmination of generations of unfounded societal mistreatment and prejudice towards the AAPI community. And the evil driving it is what no soul voice can convey, no mind can properly conceive, and no lone heart can endure the consequence of. And as I think many have experienced, the impact too is not singularly felt. It reverberates and as more tragedy builds upon it, it becomes more reminiscent of an ear-splitting cacophony. An ear-splitting cacophony inducing a headache and also a heartache because an ailment of the head is inevitably an ailment of the heart. Not medically, of course, but I think you understand what I mean to convey. And so as Margot was getting at, communities find strength in numbers, in celebration, and in heritage. And as we mentioned previously, this month is API Heritage Month. And I think in addition to the obvious, a damaging outcome of racial prejudice is that it seeks to drain the vibrancy out of festivities and the celebration of AAPI culture, because instead of celebrating, people choose to raise awareness and focus on the issues at hand, which is, as I think I must say, entirely understandable. So I think all those so I think I would like to wish all those celebrating AAPI Heritage Month the strength to connect with their roots while still advocating for justice if they have the capacity to, and only if, because that weight should not be only felt by the AAPI community. Stay safe, everyone. I know in combating hate and prejudice, People often feel as though it is a weight that they must bear on their shoulders alone. They feel the poison of it unconsciously seeping through their skin and into their mind and body. 
I would like people, regardless of their race, to recognize that the entirety of the cycle is harmful to both the collective and to the individual. As hate seeps into a community, kindness is flushed out, or at least we, per we perceive it as much. Being in touch with our emotions and realizing we or our community aren't okay is vital to change. Don't stop there. Be in touch with yourself, in touch with your community, and in touch with your heritage. Every AAPI individual doesn't have to face this alone. You're entitled to your emotional safety just as you're entitled to physical safety. The people around you have the responsibility to make you feel safe, and you need to understand that. I think that the understanding that what is happening in the Bay Area and throughout California is unacceptable is for the most part there, luckily. <laughs> but we need to, as a whole, extend our hands and hearts to the AAPI community. Dealing with racially motivated hate crimes is not something that should be a singular weight, a singular challenge. Yet, in talking to AAPI friends, I have discovered that many feel that it is. It is human to fear, to grieve, and to freeze in reaction to the hate pervasive in one's community. These injustices are here, and they have been. I love this quote by Martin Luther King Jr. who said, true peace is not the absence of tension, it is the presence of justice. And I think I may actually have brought that up in another episode. Um, if so, that's my bad. But the prejudice that people other than AAPI have enabled the presence of, even if that hate is merely idle in the community, is not peace. Peace is the universal presence of love, compassion, and hope. And these people that are facing hate in this moment have historically not seen it and do not see it. Allies, please remember that hate crimes and mental illness are universally underreported across AAPI communities. So we must find a way to band together and realize our collective power to dismantle these stereotypes, this hate, and this prejudice before it has opportunity to take seed in future generations. I would like to echo the phrase that I've seen across media platforms everywhere. That is, hate is a virus. Yeah, I, I love the words that you chose to convey this because it is a hard topic to fully understand and I am white as well and so I I believe I won't fully be able to comprehend the hurt and the fear that is happening in our communities now and I feel like this podcast has done a very 
good job in trying to communicate uh, these very relevant issues that our students face and trying to um, better understand these topics because they are very hard. I know I had uh, some difficulty speaking about this topic for this episode. And um, yeah, I, I thought that you, our, our podcast has so much, um, so, so much of it is based off of mental health. And I think that all of these topics we talk about do directly influence the mental health of those impacted as well as just normal everyday youth. And we do find ways of how these problems that many don't think directly impact them actually do because we are all a community together and we all can contribute in some way or another towards a cause as well as find ways um, to help each other and further educate. And I, I really, en- I really enjoyed listening to you speak about this because you just said it so thoughtfully and carefully. And this topic does require some caution, as do all of our topics. And it was just, it, it, it was incredible to listen to you talk about how it just, it directly correlates to the world that we have known, uh, no, we, we have come to know, know so well, because, you know, it, it's one we live in, and it's one we face every day, and these things are happening in our world r- right now. It is a current issue, and yeah, I just, th- those are my thoughts on it, and how mental health is just so so vital into uh, you know into our personal well-being because our society especially you know where we live and how we've been uh how we've been raised to to think is that mental health isn't always a priority how we joke about our mental health and it is not it, it should not be that way at all and how these topics that may may be affecting other people more than others and just even learning about those topics can affect our mental health greatly to those who aren't directly impacted and yeah i just i i believe that mental health is so important and that's why we created this podcast to talk about mental health and to talk about the world that we live in and how it's affecting us. I agree. Why we chose this topic is because it is so central to our community, just as um, AAPI individuals are central to the JLS community. And we've actually heard from them that it is affecting their mental health in our comment section, or not our comment section, but our feedback form. And that's part of the reason why we chose this topic and why we've been speaking about it so delicately because it contrasts with the bluntness of hate. We need to speak about mental health in a way in which 
we're delicate and careful with it and kind to each other to contrast and combat the hard and cruel nature of hate in our community and in other communities. So that's part of the reason why I chose the phrasing uh, I did and why this topic is important to me beyond it just being an incredibly important topic to community members and our, the, the whole of our community, really. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to kind of go over again, uh, Margo touched up on it, um, but just sort of taking care of your mental health and you know, it's it's something, as she went over, um, it's something that we do joke around with, and it's something that isn't really taken seriously, but I kind of just want to go over again, um, like the reminders that we've been putting at the start and ends of our episode. If you're ever feeling um, depressed or anxious when listening, right, just reach out and seek help. And I know that it's it's hard to find the sort of ability to just pull yourself together and go find that help. But I think it just really, I, I really want to like emphasize that again. Um, just please, if you're ever feeling like you need any help or you're feeling like you just need someone to talk to, just talk to anybody that you feel like you can trust or you just need to you know, free your mind. Yeah, by reaching out to us, the one community member that did reach out to us, that was a huge display of courage. And I really admire that as well. And I admire anyone who speaks about their mental health because it is, as Irene said, a very hard topic to talk about, especially when it's personal to yourself or personal to your community. Yeah, like like Irene said, like if you really have some trouble with mental health or something similar, just like her said, like talk to a trusted adult or other people. And yeah, just be there to talk to them and just, yeah, just talk out and speak out and you're good. I think it's funny because our first episode, um, well, our first real episode, I'll say, we basically talked about the importance of reaching out and now this is our final full episode as a group and we're almost coming full circle and talking about it again. So thank you for sticking with us for this entire time and thank you for proposing this topic as well because I know it's very important and Everything we've done, I believe, is very important. So I'm happy to see it come full circle and really bring some closure to it as we do transition to high school ourselves. But no, our love for you will never fade. Our love for our listeners will never fade. And I think this will forever have a large uh, be a large part of our hearts and find a home in our heart, you know, just as all of you have, I believe. Yeah, it has been an incredible journey to 
talk about all of this with you guys. Oh my god, I just need myself. <laughs> and we're going to talk more about this in our final episode, so make sure to listen to that as well. Um, but yeah, I feel like we should move on to the featured person now. Yeah, of course. Oh my, okay. Our final featured person. I'm excited. Today's featured person is Kristen De Luna, a Filipino-American activist living in Sunnyvale working to promote mental health. Kristen De Luna is the chief of strategy at the Asian Mental Health Collective, where he works to raise awareness through the means of digital and story formats. His passion for mental health was sparked by his experience with major depressive disorder. He worked on the intersection of video games and empathy for his master's thesis at Columbia University. His work with virtual reality portrays mental health in many different perspectives, promoting understanding for those both experiencing it and those surrounding them. The Asian Mental Health Collective seeks to connect, engage, celebrate, and provide a supportive community for the AAPI individuals. I would like to take the time to promote our story submissions once again. So this Google form is completely confidential unless you otherwise wish to share your contacts with the team. So you will have the opportunity to share your personal stories through a written response. And we'll also have the opportunity, if you'd like, to come on air with our team and be able to talk about your experiences within one of the episodes. So uh, I... I think I can say on behalf of the entire team, we are so excited and we really hope to hear your story soon. Yeah, as as we conclude this episode, I would just like to bring up the word solidarity as I think it has been one word that we haven't mentioned concretely, but I think we have been trying to convey throughout the entirety of this episode. And just remember that there will always be someone around you who will stand in solidarity with you. And I think that's beautiful. And I think you deserve that as a person. No, I, I think you said it wonderfully. Yeah. Today I am honored to present our featured organization, the Asian Mental Health Collective an organization that strives in creating a strong community and supporting the mental health of the AAPI community. You've been listening to episode 19, an episode discussing AAPI hate in the Bay Area. Thank you so much again for listening. This is Behind the Mask.